This time let's turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 7. Luke 7, in order to give honor to the word of the Lord, we'll stand as we read this passage from Luke 7, starting at verse 28. So if you're able, we'll stand. Jesus said these words beginning in verse 28 of Luke 7. I say to you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. When all the people and tax collectors heard this, they acknowledged God's justice, having been baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected God's purpose for themselves, not having been baptized by John. To what then shall I compare the men of this generation, and what are they like? They are like children who sit in the marketplace and call to one another and say, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not weep. For John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you say, He has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by all her children. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, we ask that you would help us to have that wisdom of Christ, to have that ability to interpret Scripture, and that we would examine all things according to your word. And help us, we pray, that we would show forth what is wise, holy, and just, and help us, we pray, to see that Jesus Christ is our Savior and Him alone. For we ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Perhaps... You may or may not agree with me when I say this. There's a difference between being a child and being childish. Um, I I think of those um, reality shows, those talk shows where people get in all these fights and they have this big, crazy commotion on on national TV. And I see a lot of childishness going on among adults. And yes, kids... (coughs) Even adults can have temper tantrums and act childish at times. And we'll see here in today's text that even though we might act childish and hopefully we are growing in grace and becoming more sanctified and acting less childish, we'll find out in today's text that these Pharisees and lawyers had a childish way, a foolish, immature way about them in how they looked upon both John and Jesus. But before we do that, we want to review one verse uh, from last um, Lord's Day, verse 28. Jesus said in his teaching that among those born of women, there is no one greater than John, yet he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. 
how is it that one of us can be considered in any way or shape or fashion greater than John, the messenger who was promised through both the prophets of Isaiah and Malachi. And the one way we can interpret that is that we have a greater revelation. We have a greater revelation of what God has taught us, more revelation of God to see Jesus clearly. See, the Old Testament prophets, the prophets of the Old Covenant, which John was the last, they saw Jesus in types and shadows. And we know that even John the Baptist didn't really understand fully what was going on. That's why he asked for his messengers to go and approach Jesus and say, are you the coming one or do we expect another? Well, it was revealed to John the miracles that Jesus did. And based upon the miracles that Jesus did, they were to be, he was, along with his disciples, to believe that Jesus truly was the Messiah, the, the promised one, the Christ. Jesus later in this um, gospel says this, Blessed are the eyes which see the things you see. For I say to you, many prophets, like John, and many righteous kings, many kings, wish to see the things which you see and did not see them, and to hear the things which you hear and did not hear them. We have blessed eyes because we have seen Jesus more clearly where they only saw him in types and shadows. As we get to today's text, even though Jesus says these wonderful words of grace, there were some who still refused both John and Jesus and denied them both. And we'll look at that in a little bit. The main focus of today's text is that you are to let wisdom prove or show what is just and unjust. And we'll notice this in two main points. Those rejecting John and Jesus... And secondly, let wisdom show or prove justice. Let's look at the first main point, those rejecting John and Jesus. Notice how the Pharisees and lawyers first rejected John the Baptist, verses 29 through 30. When all the people and tax collectors heard this, the gracious words of Christ, they acknowledged God's justice, having been baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected God's purpose for themselves, not having been baptized by John. Now, it says here the common folks, which included sinners who repented and believed in Jesus, they heard of John and his greatness and that they themselves can have greatness by receiving the kingdom of Christ. In other words, they acknowledged God's justice. They acknowledged God's justice, God's just and wise ways, given the context which follows, they acknowledged God's just and wise ways in going about sending this promised messenger in preparation for the Christ. This was in fulfillment of what we call messianic prophecy. Uh, Two of those passages are from Malachi and, and Isaiah. They proved their obedience in receiving the preaching of John the Baptist by also receiving his baptism. That baptism was one of repentance. In other words, they confessed that they were sinners in God's sight and they needed to be cleansed. And they confessed 
that they needed to seek the Lord's face and sought after new obedience. You can imagine that they were rejoicing here because they were on the side of God's messenger and on the side of God's Messiah. Now, the Pharisees, on the other hand, who were supposed to be one of the most strict, religiously faithful of all, they didn't study the prophets as they ought, and they missed seeing John as being the possible fulfillment of these messianic prophecies. The other problem is that they already saw themselves as upright in God's sight, and they didn't see themselves as having a need for repentance. They thought they were holy, upright men. Of course, Jesus later on shows that that was not the case. So Jesus uses a rather vivid illustration here to explain why they rejected, the lawyers and Pharisees rejected both him and John. Look at verses 31 and through 32. To what then shall I compare the men, that is the unbelieving men of this generation? And what are they like? They are like children who sit in the marketplace and call to one another and then say, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, that's a sad song, and you did not weep. Jesus here is saying that these Pharisees and lawyers were acting like foolish little children. They lacked any real spiritual maturity. They rejected John and Jesus because John and Jesus didn't go along with their silly little dance. Now, you might say, well, didn't Jesus say elsewhere that we ought to come to God with a faith like little children? And that passage is here in your outline, Matthew 18. He says in verses 3 through 4, Unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, what's the difference here? Well, a child, sometimes a younger child, is humble and teachable, especially if they're being disciplined and raised by the parents who are raising them in that fashion. However, a a child left to his own and who grows up to become an immature uh, teenager can often become corrupted, self-absorbed, a jokester, and they always think they know better because they're not humble. They can't be taught by parents, and they can't even be taught by God himself. And such was the case here with these Pharisees and lawyers. They weren't like humble little children. They were like corrupted in, um, teenagers who could not be taught. Now, concerning these men who rejected both John and Jesus, Matthew Henry wrote this. They made a jest... That is, they made a joke out of the methods God took to do them good. This is the ruin of multitudes. They are not serious in the concerns of their souls. I'm very concerned about people who go around joking and making it a laughing matter regarding the Christian faith. There are people who do that. They are mockers and jokers and they make fun of the holy things of God. And these men were like that. 
Now, if you don't want to be like these stubborn, um, un unteachable Pharisees and lawyers, what do we do instead? Our second point tells us that we are to let wisdom show justice. Follow the example of Jesus to let wisdom show forth or demonstrate justice. Look at the Lord Jesus who gave this wise rebuke in verses 33 through 34. For John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you say he has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by all her children. Now, before we get into the argument used here by Jesus, notice first, he calls himself the Son of Man. In addition to another title, which is Son of David, Son of Man, Son of David, this was a messianic title. Jesus didn't wonder whether he was the Messiah. Jesus was outwardly claiming that he is the promised Son of Man promised from of old, the anointed one, the Christ, the Messiah. Now, when Jesus says this word here, vindicated, in verse 35, uh, in the Greek it means to show justice or to demonstrate justice or to prove something right. So what Jesus is doing here is he's showing forth what is just. And he's showing forth what is just by showing the injustice of this hypocritical inconsistent way that they treated both John and Jesus. They were unjust, illogical, and immature, these Jewish leaders were. So John comes here. He comes upon the scene as an ascetic. He doesn't touch wine. He doesn't touch bread. He's eating locusts and wild honey. Yet they say he has a demon. Jesus comes eating bread and wine, and they say, He's a glutton, or as the old translation says, a wine-bibber or a drunkard. Because Jesus comes eating and drinking. And they also say that he was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Because he sought to save the lost and sought to teach them the ways of salvation. Now, you might say, how... How can you imagine this such a nitpicky injustice that was pathetic? You might ask yourself, how could you please such critics? And the answer is, you can't. <laughs> Nothing makes them happy. What in the world did they expect Jesus and John to be? I guess they expected them to give them praise. Oh, aren't you the most godly men who's ever stepped foot on the planet? Well, of course, Jesus didn't do that. He, he showed them their sin and their need for repentance. Um, verse 35, when it says here that wisdom is vindicated or showed forth, and I believe what Jesus here is using is a God-inspired logic. He's showing them the inconsistencies and the absolute hypocrisy of their ways by using logic. Logic is a gift from God, and we ought to use it as well. 
following Jesus. Now, maybe you have heard of this little book, but um, Charles Haddon Spurgeon wrote this little book called John Plowman's Talk. And it's, it, the subtitle is this, Plain Advice for Plain People. He, he basically gives his conversation um, talking as, as the identity of John Plowman. But this is what he says, and he said this is something that we could apply to these um, unbelieving Jewish leaders who oppose Christ. He who knows nothing is confident of everything. Hence, they are bullheaded beyond measure. The slightest difference from their opinion proves a man to be rotten at his heart. Venture to argue with them, and their little pots boil over in quick style. Ask them for a reason, and you might as well go to a sandpit for sugar. Having sold their modesty and become wiser than their teachers, they ride very high, a very high horse and jump over all five barred gates of Bible texts which teach doctrines contrary to their notions. I believe that's a good analysis of these kind of men. Now, with the passing of time, which also included the passing away of the sect of the Pharisees, there are no longer a sect of of the Pharisees. Now, you might say, well, don't you think the Orthodox Jews are the following up of the, the sect of Pharisees. They're not. The, the Pharisees fell away. But with over time, one of their names that they used against Jesus to call him names, to ridicule him, and to turn people away from him, namely this, friend of tax collectors and sinners, has become one of the most precious, beloved titles of Jesus there ever was. We sing about it even. Jesus, what a friend for sinners. Jesus, lover of my soul. Friends may fail me, foes assail me. He, my Savior, makes me whole. If you believe in Christ, if you've confessed your sin unto God through Christ, you are a friend of Jesus. And for this reason especially the fact that even after being a Christian for many, many years, you still continue to sin, you can always say that Jesus is a friend of sinners. If you've confessed your sins before God, you have been proven a child of wisdom and a child of God. Let's look at a passage in closing, John chapter 15, to see how Jesus calls his followers friends. John fifteen twelve. John fifteen twelve, Jesus says this This is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. For I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit, and that your fruit would remain, 
so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give you. This I command you, that you love one another. Brothers and sisters, you are to follow the example of Jesus Christ and let wisdom prove or demonstrate what is right and just and holy. Those who rejected John and Jesus showed forth that they were foolish and childish and lacking in open-mindedness. Contrary, you are to be humble and teachable. Each of you are to let wisdom show forth or demonstrate justice. Use wisdom. Use logic. Use the infallible words of wisdom found in this book. Take every thought captive unto the obedience of Christ. Let's pray together. We thank you, our glorious Lord, for this, your word. We pray that you would help us to not be as those who are foolish and unteachable, but help us to be humble and wise and teachable as little children who would receive your word with gladness. Help us, we pray, to embrace Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and to love and serve him. For we ask all these things in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Thank you.